Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. On December 10th, we received the word that we'll be forced to shut down again per governor's order. This week, Coach Michelle and I sat down to talk about how we process unexpected changes like this and our mindset going forward. Listeners, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. And if you have any questions or suggestions on topics, feel free to email us at rmsdanville at yahoo.com. Let's get this started. Here we go again. So in Pennsylvania, we are shut down again as far as physical fitness facilities and gyms go. We kind of saw it coming, um, but I think it was still a shock to us when it was announced. Uh, We were actually in the middle of the athlete session when we found out. And my phone kept just like buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. And then you also walked over and said, here we go again. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. So um, let's talk about our mindset. I mean, you know, it's not an easy situation, uh, but I think it helps to talk about it and also be completely honest in how we're handling the situation, um, why we make the decisions to do what we do, and also mentality going forward because I think we can use – how we're approaching this as a motivation, as an inspiration to others as well. Absolutely. Um, so when I'm presented with a problem, I usually see three paths, right? Especially in this current climate. When the guidelines are given to me, like this is not a political issue, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's coming from a politician, but politics aside, because, you know, no, everybody's tired of talking about that. Like, that's, that's not what we're here to do. We don't want to talk about politics. We don't want to talk about politicians. We talk about the situation that's thrown to us. Um, fighting that battle, in my opinion, is, like, worthless. I don't think it's going to get anywhere by me personally, right? Me as an individual fighting for that. Uh, if those kind of fights happen, like, in the back end and, and it, the major get changes made through, that's great. But to me, I'm focusing on our community, our, you know, the people that we serve and the people that we work with on a daily basis. So when this, I look at it as a challenge, right? So in life, you get a lot of challenges thrown your way. And, um, you know, I've had numbers of challenges that's thrown my way through my journey in my life. And when challenges comes your way, I've learned that there's really three paths that you can take. One is to resist a change and and just continue on with whatever that that, that you're like kind of headstrong on right you can just like say forget it i'm just going to continue to do my thing and just hope for the best just kind of like shooting the dart just going for it two is get frustrated and get angry and get stuck there which we see we see happening you know quite often whether it's in your weight loss journey or you know in this current climate we see that Three is when the challenges get thrown your way, you become creative and you try to create a solution, a creative solution. That's the path that I choose Um, because I feel like I also look at it as it's a great moment to learn. You know, the things that we might not typically think about, usually the answer is like the the creative stuff comes out of these challenging situations, Mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I often hear the quote, like control the controllable, 
So I look at it and say, okay, the guidelines that's given to us, that's not something we can control. Right. Um, but how we react to that is something we can control. Isn't that so true for everything? Yes. Everything in life. Yes. Yes. And, and this is something that we do preach to our athletes, mm-hmm. right? And so that goes hand in hand with a lot of what I've been saying these past few weeks. I said, you know, I've been saying, what are we teaching our youth? I always keep that in back of my head because I want kids to be able to see, you know, how to deal with adversity, how to deal with challenges. We can talk about it and preach all we want, but if our actions don't match what we are saying, then the point doesn't get driven across. Right. Right. Yep. Just like as soon as we open back up and dan- the dance program, you know, I have two athletes and my daughter's a dancer and it was, you know, even though we don't like it, everybody that comes in the door has to be masked. We have to be masked. And I haven't heard one, not one of the athletes, not one of the dancers complain, uh, not one of them, you know, it, it really has just been accepted. And I think that's one of the best lessons we're giving the kids right now. Like we're going to make the best of our situation. We see these kids still having amazing gains coming in here and, you know, still dancing their heart. It's out hitting new records with their, their athletes training sessions and, and, uh, you know, rather than fighting it or, you know, going against those guidelines. We're just we're just taking those guidelines and moving them right along with us. Um, it's to me, I looked at it as like it's kind of funny that all this came out during the athlete session mm-hmm. um, because like they're the ones that really benefited from the quarantine workout. You know, the quarantine workout from March till June, right? Mm -hmm. We were stuck at home. And there was a group of like 12 to 15 kids who trained with us every week, twice a week on Zoom. Or we actually started out on Snapchat. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. (laughs) But we didn't know too much about Zoom. (laughs) And uh, when they came back to the gym, it was unbelievable how much stronger they've gotten. Right. And for most of the kids from that time, from March to June, a lot of the kids didn't get better because they got stuck in that frustration, sadness face. Now, I'm not saying you can't have that face. Mm -hmm. I think there's time that that, that there's time that you need to just kind of like grieve. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. You need to grieve just like, you know, when somebody passes away, you can't just be happy. You have to grieve. You, there, there's a process of grieving that, that's really important in being able to move on. It's just at some point you have to kick it into the gear and say, you know what? I got to get up, get back up, and I got to keep moving forward. Right. Even no matter how hard it is, I got to put that next step forward to, you know, to continue on with my life, continue on with my journey, right? And that process to me is so important just as a life lesson right not just as athletes or training just as a life lesson being able to say you know what i'm ready to take this next step Mm -hmm. i mean you know some the community of people that's behind you helps tremendously but it's also like that to me that's that's part of mental toughness right you know what do you think about all this (laughs) dudes well 
I, I think so much of what you said, honestly, you know, this 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 whole time, um, how we've had to transition, and now we're kind of where we started out in the beginning, being shut down, we're in it again. But this time we're stronger. Uh, we know better what to expect. I mean, you know, still there's still those uncertainties, but at first it, everything was uncertain. We had no idea that how long it was going to go, what we were in for, how it was going to work out, how people would receive any of the information so now we're a little bit stronger and we can just keep moving forward from here just you know and, and I, I think I'm just saying again a lot of the things that you've already said but I had that moment also we both found out during the athlete session Hitty was coaching and I had just finished up with a client and I was I was reading through it and I was just trying really quickly to get to the part that was about gyms you know just with some sort of hope that we could could keep it open and I think there was a moment where we both had this you know sort of sadness in our eyes where we were like oh here we go again but then it, it didn't take as long this time we both kind of kicked in like all right well what are we gonna do you talk to the athletes they decided what they wanted to do we started moving ahead with a program and all of our fitness clients have been on board and and so thankful right and you know our athletes are amazing I want to give mm. them a shout out oh, for gosh, that yes um, but I think it speaks to the culture we've also built. You mm -hmm. know, we, we're different. We will always say this, you know, we don't yell and scream at the kids. Right. We never do. That's something actually that we, we say no to. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do not do that. And we care for them. We don't baby them, but we understand how to communicate with them. And the way we communicate with individuals is slightly different depending on who they are or what they perceive. Sometimes, like when you're working with Gabe and Amelia and I can see them getting frustrated, I step in to try to help because I understand that like my own kids don't want to listen to me. <laughs> right. They would listen to the same thing coming out of some stranger's mouth that they respect, but they just don't want to hear from you. Right. Not mom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not mom or dad. <laughs> it's, it goes both ways. Um, and so part of what we do as coaching is understand how to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And when you create that kind of culture and you create that kind of buy-in it's almost great to be able to give the power back to them and say hey what do you want to do right because at the end of the session i asked them i said what do you guys want to do we can continue training outdoors or we can go switch over to the virtual platform like we did and they all agree that they'd rather do virtual i said all right let's go that's a great thing that you know if anything quote-unquote positive that comes out of the second round of the shutdown mm -hmm. is that we already have a system in place and even from the time that we reopened we've kind of been fine-tuning how to do the virtual side of things better mm -hmm. so at the studio we have a great setup you know we've invested in a ring light the camera angle is great oh, so ring. then you can see the like I, I did a ton of research and part of the t research was taking classes myself to see what worked and what didn't and taking a mental note of, oh, that's a great angle or that's not a, such a great angle. These are cues that works. This is how frequently I should be talking. And I just kind of keep that in my head as I coach um, because, you know, you want to give them a good experience. You don't want to just like just be on the screen and stand there and give them exercises to do. Cause that's not kind of, that's not fun. Right. Right. You know, there's a lot more that goes into that. Um, so we've been kind of fine tuning it, which is going to help in this transition process of going back to the whole virtual side. By the time this podcast comes out, I think it's going to be 
Um, it's going to be after Christmas. So we're going to be a couple of weeks into it, but I don't feel as stressed going into it, you know? Oh and, no, and not at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sad to not be able to see people in person. Um, that's the sad part of all of this, right? Like we humans need human interactions. And I think kids were, kids look forward to coming here because this was one of the few places that they were still getting the human interactions with the schools being closed. Right. But all through this also, one of the things that I really try to do for my own sake is to look for, there's, there's always good. There's always good in everything. And so many things have changed a lot. Um, but you can still find good in it. So even if it's frustrating, even if it does make you sad, there's, there's good in it. Um, a quick example is the holidays. Most people's holidays this year are going to change drastically, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be so many good little things in it. And I think along the way too, we've found so much of that. And even though we're not in person, we're not standing next to somebody, we're not, you know, lifting with them, cheering them on side by side. Our community here has just, I mean, everybody just, I I can't even tell you how often I hear, you know, you guys give me a reason to get up in the morning, or I look so forward to it all day. I can't wait to see my friends. Um, Some people I haven't even met in person. I've only met them Mm. through our virtual classes and still (laughs) feel like if I would have, if I would have the opportunity to sit down with them for coffee, I could talk to them for hours. And Mm. I've never actually been in the same room with them before. So I I think, you know, even with the kids, um, you know, meeting on Zoom, it might be a little bit different for for the the teen group but our adults are looking forward to it they're so appreciative that we have it we've we've created this nice little community on zoom also mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's uh it's one of those really good points about all of this that when you know 30 years from now when i look back that that's what i'll remember is right i mean i you know i uh I hear a quote that's when you say that I hear a quote in my head that says like, you know, what kind of legacy do you want to leave when mm-hmm. you leave this world? Um, the question, I forget what book this is, but one of the books that I read, you know, it started with the question. It says, what do you want people to say about you on, 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 on at your funeral? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? And I thought to myself, like, huh. Because, you know, like, we get so caught up in, like, how much money we make, what we have, the material possessions. If you ever attend a funeral, which most of us have, nobody ever talks about, oh, yeah, he he had a nice Lamborghini and a big <laughs> house and a big mansion. Like, those, it, that's not what people talk about at funeral. People talk about what kind of person they were, what kind of impact that they had, mm-hmm. how they made them feel. That's the stuff that people remember, right? Absolutely. How they reached other people. Yes. Absolutely. And to me, the ultimate compliment are those words that's spoken at your funeral, mm-hmm. right? And so I always keep that in mind when making decisions, you know? It, and that's a tough thing to do as a business, especially right now. Um, because I get certain feelings when I look at the bank account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I also come to either uh, a zoom session or when we were holding the in-person session and then I look around and I look at people's faces and I'm like, they're happy. Right. You know, if we can be a bright spot to people's day, then that's all we can do. Right. 
And there is a, there is absolutely going to be another side to this. We we're going to come out of this, and and things will probably look different. Maybe they'll look different for a long time. Maybe they'll start to go back faster than we think. We don't know, but but there's a bright side on the other side of this. We all, you know that it's just hard some days to remember. Like mm. while we're in it, when it's scary, and it is a little scary right now. And I, I think that's okay for all of us to admit. You know, we don't know. We don't know what this winter is going to be like. Mm-hmm. But here, we're gonna make the most of it. We're gonna keep working hard. We're gonna keep coming together the best we can and mm-hmm. make the most of it. I think you know, if anything, this pandemic has really allowed us to get to know our character mm-hmm. pretty well. You know, and we've seen the ugliest side of ourselves. But then also, like, checking with ourselves to see, like, you know what? That's, I think we're doing the right thing, mm-hmm. you know? I, I mean, I can't be 100% sure that we're doing the right thing. I'd like to think we are. Um, but I think it's, it's, that can be said about a lot of different people, that their true char- characteristics have come out. Um, and to me, you know, I strive to be that p- that that place or facility that people look forward to uh coming and just you know serving that community Mm -hmm. right and you know i never really understood like when because i have no business background when i started the business i knew nothing about anything um you know there's a quote that uh the one of my mentors always said to me she was a dance teacher said fake it till you make it (laughs) and uh i totally faked it and someday (laughs) (laughs) and i haven't made it yet either (laughs) but (laughs) some days i think to myself i'm like man i'm still faking it in certain areas of business um but then along the way i really discovered what's important to me what my values are and and those are the things that I will hold on to, mm-hmm. you know, that those are the whole, the things that I continue to go back to when the tough situations come our way. Right. As long as you have the ability to change and adapt through anything in your life, you'll continue to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. change is hard, right? Oh, so hard. Change yes. is hard. Yes. Um, but I think change as in anything else, the more you experience change, mm-hmm. the easier it becomes to adapt. Yes. And coming from a, a, a a son of an immigrant, you know, to me, change has become like that. Just, I'm just used to it. I was going to say you change a lot better than I do. Yeah. And I'm I like think holding on tight and you're like, no, 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 let's go. We're changing now. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that, that's a good example of change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've had to change because of the circumstances that's handed to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an option. You know, like when we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, like you continue to do your way when change comes your way. Well, I didn't have that option. Right. That option was cut off for me. And so I quickly learned that like you sink or swim. Mm-hmm. So you adjust to the change and then you try to move on from there or you just drown. Like, you know, like those certain moments in your life that you can vividly recall and remember exactly how you felt, where you were, where you were sitting, who you're with, all those kind of like vivid memory, like probably for most people, like their weddings or Mm -hmm. like a birth of a child, right? To me, one of those memories is when I first moved to United States, sitting in the auditorium, the high school that I went to, or no, actually was, I was in seventh grade. I was a seventh grader when I came in for uh, school orientation and just feeling 
so sad because the noise that was coming in through my ears were unfamiliar language. Mm, okay. So I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't, I, like, I couldn't, I said, I thought to myself, where am I? How am I going to throw survive this? What am I doing here? Who am I? How am I going to survive these next few years? I have no idea. Just fear. Straight up fear, right? Because I was sitting there. I was like, this is going to be every single day that I feel like this. Right. This is not going to be comfortable, right? To now sitting in front of a microphone doing a podcast. podcast. You know? <laughs> I was just going to say that. Here you are podcasting. You didn't even understand the language and now you're podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> so... Like when you go through and then there's several other examples that I can give. And I'm sure as we do more podcasts, well, these stories will come up. Um, when you go through those types of changes where you're forced to change and mm -hmm. you don't really have an option and you don't even have an option to really feel truly feel what you're feeling or understand what you're feeling. Um, to me, these changes that's requested of us now seem smaller than that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, so the closest that I've ever felt, and, and it's funny because like you're going to laugh at this. The closest I, f I, I felt to that feeling was when I decided in, in junior year of my high school to take Italian as my third language. Oh, geez. <laughs> so first class I went in and she started speaking Italian and I got all the similar feelings back. It's almost like traumatized, right? Um, that I was traumatized. I walked out of that class at the end of the class. I sat through the entire class, went straight to the guidance office and said, I don't want to take this class anymore. <laughs> that was the closest feeling. <laughs> I told you you were going to laugh. <laughs> but so, yeah. But that's interesting, too, because, you know, I was saying that change is so much harder for me. And I think, you know, a lot of the changes that I've had to go through were more as an adult, where for you, you were younger. So that's just, you know, that just shows us so much here, too, that if we lead our our dancers and our athletes into, you know, doing the right thing, making good, sound choices, um, you know, when they're young, then they'll as they grow, it will just be easier and easier for them to d adapt as we go. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, we talk about youth a lot because that's something that's really close to our hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, majority of who we serve. And plus, we, we both have kids, which, you know, is really important to us. Um, I credit the things, the positive things that I learned in my life because of the mentors that I had. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a role of a mentor is such an important thing. And I want kids to look around and be surrounded with mentors and uh and, and we're, we've been really lucky to have like awesome employees who become mentors to these kids and who they can look up to i think we need more of that mm -hmm. especially now sure yeah to because really pave the way they don't even realize the lessons that they're learning they just mm -hmm. you know kids aren't recognizing like oh hey i learned a lesson today but they're learning it and they're feeling it and just to take it back a little bit too to where you said about you know we would never yell at our athletes or anything. We also are so fortunate because of the culture that we have here. We have never, I've never been in a situation where I have needed or even felt remotely close to a point where, you know, I would need to raise my voice or, you know, get really, um, you know, firm with any of our 
our right. kids that come in the door. And I think it's from the moment that they walk in, they don't even know that they're just part of this really great culture here. They just are part of it. And they act like everyone that they see around because they adapt to everybody else around them. So. Right. I mean, part of it is like a couple several years ago, I noticed a huge gap in like the older generation, like ours. And uh, so it's like baby boomers and uh, oh, what's the next one? Millennials to generation x y x and y and uh, i forget and you know i you know I I, i'm using i'm using words. the wrong words <laughs> right. i know that in my head but then i wondered i was like what is the gap because i seem to always be able to connect with the younger generations and what's the part that's being misunderstood from this younger generation so i, I did a survey last year and i think i talked about it in season one on one of the podcasts um but this generation of kids, the environment that they're growing up in is a little different. Mm -hmm. They're surrounded with social media, surrounded with information. And and I, I understand the urge of the older generation to be like, well, they shouldn't be surrounded by that. I get that. But that's just part of the culture, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you grow up in America, you're going to grow up eating peanut butter. Uh, it's like the same thing. It's like, well, they shouldn't eat peanut butter. What? No, that's part of the culture. Like, that's part of what makes america great is peanut butter right <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> but so like to do to really <laughs> all joking aside to understand the younger generation i send out a survey to figure out like who they really are because i wanted to know and and how they thought they were being perceived and and who they really thought they were because there's a huge gap in the two di different images and i think after i did that survey i got a better understanding of how to communicate with them i used to and i still do to a certain degree make fun of tiktok mm -hmm. i thought it was just like corny like a dance app that like non-dancers will try to do dance move to be cool but it's really become part of their culture oh. and their identity. So much. Right? And so then it we if we want to work with them, we need to understand the value that they 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 um they put on that. Instead of trying to combat it and say that's not good for you, which I feel like have been the older generation's approach, which I understand that perspective too. Mm -hmm. But part of that is you also need to understand why they place such a value on that and how to work with that. Um and I think that's in terms of like, that's a great thing to teach these younger kids. It's not always, hey, this is how I see it. So you should stop. No, take a moment to learn a little bit about them because that's going to lead to an open conversation. Right. So if they encounter some situation that, that makes them uncomfortable or something that they don't understand, instead of shutting off to them, they start a conversation. That's how you learn. Right. So. So true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm actually thinking my daughter connects with people through TikTok mm -hmm. <laughs> and has a really a, a greater amount of respect for people when they respect her. Like you just said, you know, when they want to find out, like she'll do TikToks with my mom. She taught her orthopedic surgeon how to TikTok. Oh you, my gosh. She always shows me uh -huh. yours. There's one in particular that I guess it took you a really long time to learn the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that means so much to them when you come into their world and meet them where they're at yeah no i feel like i talked about 85 percent of this podcast if not 90 percent <laughs> oh i don't 
don't know. I just, I just talking <laughs> to. <laughs> well, this has been a great episode. We talked about a whole lot of things. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.